Listener supported. WNYC Studios. You're listening to WNYC's podcast, featuring the best 2018 midterms coverage from our talk shows and our award-winning local newsroom. Keep in mind, some segments may be edited for length. You can find the full shows on your favorite podcast app. Recently, The New Yorker's Eliza Griswold sat down for a conversation with Franklin Graham, who, like his father Billy Graham before him, is one of the most influential evangelical leaders both within the Christian world and in American politics. Billy Graham was hardly a left-wing figure, but he spoke at times against racial segregation, he preached alongside Martin Luther King, and he offered religious counsel to presidents from Eisenhower to Johnson to Nixon to Ronald Reagan. Franklin Graham was an early supporter of Donald Trump, and he has remained one as scandal after scandal has hit the campaign and the presidency. Graham has remained stalwart in Trump's corner even while opposing policies like the separation of immigrant families. Eliza Griswold spoke with Franklin Graham as he traveled throughout the Northwest on a preaching tour that he called Decision America. Um, I've read people talking about your father's message and your message and your dad saying something along the lines of, talking about Nixon and talking about moral and ethical mistakes in a general way, but crossing a line. I think he did say toward the end of his life that he felt that maybe he'd crossed a line uh, with his closeness to politics. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how you felt about that and what you think he would say about your closeness to politics. Do you you feel that you've gotten very close or not so much? No, No. I'm not that close. you, you meet politicians from time to time. You, you, you go to Washington from time to time. For me, I stay out of Washington as much as I can. Um, I don't go up to the lobby congressmen or senators. Um, I've been at the, the White House for a few, uh, a few functions. But um, I try to keep my distance. Uh, but I'm going to speak out on issues that I think are moral issues uh, that we, we should be speaking out, should be addressing. Are there any moral issues with President Trump that you disagree on? Oh, uh, I mean, there is, I'm looking since he's been president. I don't know if you're talking about going back uh, 30, 40 years of his life. I'm not years. sure we're going back 30, 40, and some of them are ongoing. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, as far as what he's been inside the, the White House, I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with everything he tweets, but um, uh, he has been very strong on uh, religious freedom issues, which I appreciate. I was reading that at some point you said you didn't think, you know, people say that he's been mean, and you didn't see anything that he'd said that had been mean. And that surprised me just because, like, the the sound bites that I've seen in terms of making fun of people, it's just not morally kind of your jam? It's, I don't know if it's meanness or if it's just um, uh, just just who he is. I mean, he, he's a New Yorker, and I don't know, you, you've known enough about New York. I went to school in New York, high school in New York, and New Yorkers have uh, a little bit of an edge, uh, and that's just the way they are, and I don't think he always means it that way. It's just uh, he's, he says things, and they're very sometimes very blunt, but... Um, there's a lot of meanness in this world, and you don't have to go too far. Uh, many people in the media business are very mean. Um, 
there are other politicians who are very mean. You know, he, he's the president whether, whether you voted for him or not. He's, he's our president. And I, we, if, if he succeeds, you're going to benefit. Your five-year-old son's going to benefit. My 12 grandchildren are going to benefit. Uh, if he doesn't succeed, then, then we all lose. So one of the times, it just comes to me now, that I actually, when I was watching TV during the inauguration, um, I saw you stand up and give a prayer. And, and then I heard the speech that Trump gave, which was pretty apocalyptic, um, about American carnage. Yeah. And I wondered at that time what you thought of that speech. Did that vision of America ring true to you? Well, I don't think I looked at it like that. I don't... Um there's lots of speeches that are there for the moment. I think you have to look at what the man does with his his job and the work that he does. The fact that he went to North Korea is huge. The fact that he's willing to talk to our enemies, uh, the Iranians. And I think it doesn't mean that we give in to them. It doesn't mean that we give them what they want, but at least we talk. And I think once a conversation starts, it's easy to uh, to maybe to work our way through our differences. And I think we need to be talking to Russia. I appreciate the fact that he talked to President Putin. And there's a lot of disagreement. Uh, they felt that he should have gotten more aggressive with President Putin. But I don't think that's the way you get things done. I think you, you talk and you try to work out something uh, that uh, will benefit the people of Europe, people especially the Ukraine. And we need to be praying. As a minister, I want to pray for the President Putin and President Trump. Because if the two of them can get along, we can save billions of dollars and not building arms. And right now, it's almost like the, uh, the media and those in uh, the Democratic Party want us to have a conflict with Russia. So in trying to understand Putin a little bit, I've read just a little bit about your um, on his anti-gay stance, being supportive of that. And also other people like Mike Pence, for instance, seeing him as a strong leader, that there's a there's something to value in Putin in strong leadership. And I don't know if there's an example for how Putin leads for the West that you think is valuable, like is there or not really? Well, first of all, uh, President Putin is the president of Russia. And he has about, I don't know what his approval rate, but it's, I think it's in the 90s. It's way high, yeah. Um, everyone in the country loves him. He's going to do what's best, what he thinks for Russia and for Russian interest. And we talk a lot about their interference in our elections. I have no clue, okay? No, no I, I mean, I don't know. But I do know that the United States has interfered in many countries' elections. Uh, we've interfered in Iran with the Shah. Uh, we interfered in Vietnam and put our own people in. We did this in Korea. So I get that. I understand that. We want someone in a country who's going to be uh, friendly to us, that we can work with. And uh, we have tried to manipulate the politics of many nations. And so all of a sudden we get sanctimonious and we get, oh, how terrible some other countries tried to influence our elections. Well, the Clintons had a huge war chest of money that came from people into their foundation. So, you know, I, we, it, it's easy to point the finger. 
And I can just tell you that uh, there is enough wrong to go around for both sides. In the New York Times, there was an op-ed a couple of weeks ago about how the Russians, this Marina Butina and other Russian operatives, had possibly tried to use the evangelical community, like the National Prayer Breakfast, for instance, to try to establish ties over issues like the persecution of Christians, very real issues, where they didn't really, their interest was more in establishing influence than it was in the issue itself. And I wondered if you had had any sense of that from Russians that you thought you'd met people that you thought maybe this interest is not. The question is whether the idea of working together is worth it or whether you have ever felt that that there might be a manipulation going on. The, the, the prayer breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and I can't speak for them because I'm not, I'm, I'm not a part of the prayer breakfast. But I, I go to the prayer breakfast from time to time. And I know that the prayer breakfast uh, tries to bring political leaders from all over the world to expose them to what we're doing in our country as far as it relates to prayer. So I, I appreciate that. The Russians may have used this, of course, to, this gives us a chance maybe to rub elbows with somebody we wouldn't rub elbows with. I can tell you right now, everybody in that room has the same agenda. They're wanting to be able to rub elbows with somebody that they normally couldn't rub elbows with. So, I mean, everybody in that room. Human nature. Political nature. You know, it's, it is what it is. Okay. With what we're seeing nationally, this pushback against immigrants, against uh, refugees, um, and when Jeff Sessions invoked Romans to justify the separation of families on the border. I, I spoke to many evangelical leaders who were pretty disgusted by that. Yeah. And I wondered how you felt about oh, that. I, I did not support that at all. I thought that was a, a mistake, and I spoke out against it. It's just got to be a better system. I don't think you take... And first of all, these, these government-run facilities that take care of these kids have pedophiles working in there. And we should never be taking children away from parents, period. Hold them together as a family. But to take their children away where they can be exposed to pedophiles. Um, and, and I believe pedophiles need to be dealt with very harshly. I, I believe not only incarcerating, but they molest a child. Uh, I think uh, uh, they would be probably a candidate for the... Uh, death penalty. You do not, under any circumstances, as an adult, force yourself on a child. I mean, that's, that gets me mad. Do you think that this family separation is an issue, immigration in general, is something that the evangelical community in its diversity could come together around? I mean, here is an issue that is a moral outrage. Well, I, think, I think they're trying to address, address it. But I think uh, the president has come around to what we're saying. But he also, the president sees the political football that his opponents, they want to use the children to try to make him look bad. And uh, that's, uh, they want to use that. Uh, so it's, they're, not real hap they're not real eager to try to address this whole border issue. Uh, it's it's uh, a point for them. And this is the sad thing, Eliza, is the politics of all this. And it's uh, to take human lives and children and make a football out of them. I, I, listen, I'm all for children and families coming in legally. 
I, I, I do believe that if you're caught at the border, you ought to be turned around and sent back uh, come, and come legally. Uh, for people who have been eight, waiting 8, 9, 10, 20 years to try to get their legal status and have someone just walk across the border and get in, no. I, I don't, we, need to have, we need to be a country of law. So recently, one evangelical leader I was talking to um, was Ed Stetzer. Yeah, Ed Stetzer. So he was saying, do we gain a political advantage through, you know, Supreme Court nominations and protection of religious freedom um, and other, you know, uh, the recognition of the persecuted church? Do we do we gain the political advantage but lose our morality by working with this administration? <laughs> no. That's, you know, some people sit around and they think too much. Um, <laughs> President Clinton did a lot of good for this country. But he, he brought the country also to a, a low that we have never had before. Um, a lot of the moral issues that Donald Trump has had to deal with uh, go back a number of years. Um, to my knowledge, they, they, this is, none of this has happened in the White House. There is a difference. Uh, I think we do change. Uh, I know I'm not the same person I was 20, 15, 20 years ago. And um, I hope we all learn from mistakes and we get better for that. So I, don't, I can't speak. All I know is that as human beings, we're all flawed including Franklin Graham. Franklin Graham is the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and he spoke with Eliza Griswold, a staff writer at The New Yorker. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, visit wnyc.org slash election.